Welcome to the 2012 PSP World Cup pre-show. I'm Maddie Marshall, and it's brought to you by paintballaccess.com. Really excited for this event. I am joined by Todd Martinez and San Diego Dynasty's Ryan Greenspan in a little bit. We're going to have uh, former San Diego Dynasty coach Mike Hinman, but new sideline coach for the Los Angeles Ironman, and he will be joining us in the second half of the show. Man, I'm really excited about this event that's coming up. You know, we've had a really crazy year so far. And before we kind of start breaking the year down a little bit and get into the matchups in the prelims uh, for the first seven teams, I just want to take a little trip down memory lane. I, you know, I've been going to the World Cup for, I can't even count how many years, since 1994. I have a lot of memories there. And, and I just kind of wanted to know, I know, what's your favorite World Cup memory, Ryan? I mean, I know you've been doing this for a long time. and. You know, you've kind yeah, of had a lot of battles at World Cup before. I'd, I guess I would have to say our first World Cup professional win, which is our first professional year mm -hmm. in uh, 2001, which... Uh, and there was some controversy that year. There was some controversy, yeah, which is what I was about to say, which, which you know, was, was a little heated, you know, with the Aftershock guys, and, uh, and some people say we kind of robbed them uh, by, you know, playing just kind of how the rules had played out. Uh, but, you know, coming in as a team, even to be playing for first and second back then, the first year, I think we were 18, mm -hmm. uh, 18 and 19 years old, and that was me, and I think so. some of our guys were still, like, 17. Uh, we, were, we were pretty young, and I think that was also the, the really cool thing about that, if you think about it, is kind of that was a turning point a lot of the times, a lot of people can argue, for the whole sport, you yeah. know. We were, we were just coming up. That was our first year as Dynasty in 2001. Uh, we won the World Cup, and that was the first time that a kid's a younger team was able to come up and beat, you know, a team like Aftershock, who, who legendary back team. then, and now they define Aftershock they, defined the World Cup for many yeah. years. They'd won more World Cups than any other team. I mean, they really had, you know, put their exclamation point, their stamp on that tournament. And the Ironman had won it the year before, and then you guys, and we had a bunch of younger guys, and then you guys came up and won it that next year. So so much history there, and it was a really big win, and that really catapulted you yeah, guys I think to so. the top of the sport. Mm -hmm. And you've been there, well a long time, but you know, you guys have struggled <laughs> this year. We'll get to that in a little bit. Todd, how about you? Um, you know, I, I've, I've been sitting here trying to think about it, and it's kind of tough to say because every World Cup I've been to has been a very memorable experience. Um, it'd be easy to say that um, the one that I won, um, 10 Man with Aftershock, you know, was one of the, probably one of the most dramatic, but I mean, I really value the two um, that we won with Dynasty in uh, 04 and 05, you know, those are pretty special to me. But I'm probably gonna have to go with uh, the one that we won in 1998, when actually me and Ryan played on the same team, uh, Out of Control, Amateur B. It was my first World Cup ever. I think it was your first World that was Cup gonna be my. Too. That was gonna be, that was the top for the, right there, it was the very Second first World memory, Cup yeah. or the pr first pro World it's Cup. The first, it's the first World Cup that I ever played. And we had a really cool team. We played uh, as Cap Factory, you know, it was me, Ryan, and, uh, you know, a bunch of guys that probably don't even play paintball anymore, you know, but we had a really cool team. It was super fun. It was right when uh, airball came out. We won in the woods, we won on the hyperball field, and we won on the uh, airball field. You know, my boy Gino Gonzalez was on that team, Sean. Uh, Tom Palachek. Tom Palachek. Yeah. Chris Hagen. Yeah. Tim Peters. You know, but then that was really when, you know, <laughs> yeah, and that was when things had changed. So, you know, and, and then and the sport really kind of, you know, went from out of the woods, and then it went to hyperball, and then it went to airball, and then it went to X-ball, and now it's the race two format. So now we're here, 2012. We're heading into the biggest event of the year, and it's been one of the most insane seasons that I've seen 
and uh, we just want to break that down a little bit here. So what are your guys' thoughts on the year so far? Let, let's start with Galveston. You know, first Galveston was was kind of a crazy, was, was actually one of the craziest events we've been to because of the weather. You know, I mean, talk to me, talk to me a little bit about your Galveston experience. Um, you know, it was tough. I, I don't think the PSP has ever rescheduled an event. And, Never. And I remember a, a few years back when we were playing in Texas and it was, there was, it had snowed. Uh, and that was, to us, that was crazy also. Um, but this, this event, having it canceled uh, so that they could finish the prelim games and then having it postponed. Made up, yeah, yeah. postponed, I'm sorry, mm -hmm. postponed, uh, and having made it up in Phoenix was, was a really weird situation for us because, you know, we had come in and gotten the first seed, especially for our team. We had gotten that first seed. Because you guys were the champions from last year. Now, mm -hmm. Tampa Bay Damage did win the World Cup <laughs> in 2011, but San Diego Dynasty, on the strength of your amazing opening of the season, I mean, you guys just right. dominated the first half of 2011, and then Damage dominated the second half of 2011. So coming in, you guys were ranked first. Yeah, and, and, and a, lot, a lot of the times in our history, we always come out pretty really strong, mm -hmm. and then you know the, we kind of waver out and then finish relatively well. In historically, yeah. Uh, so we were hoping to come out doing really well, and I think we had we had gone in first place out of our bracket, but that just gave us the first round by going into the the, the continuation into Phoenix, and we mm -hmm. just uh, <laughs> I think yeah. we, I was talking to you about it for a minute. We played I think seven <laughs> points in the match, and. I don't think we got any of those seven points. Yeah, that was a really frustrating event. Just the weather came through and basically destroyed all the nets. And I mean, it was a Herculean effort to even finish the divisional side of things. And then the pros, they got postponed into Phoenix. So that was one of the crazy elements of this year is that we played two tournaments at once. So heading into Phoenix, you know, Todd, you called most of those games. Um, your team wasn't in the running in Phoenix, and at least for the top four, as the top four was Heat, Red Legion, Ironman, and X Factor. And, uh, and then also the top four from Galveston was Damage, Heat, Dynasty, and Ironman. But those two events were played in Phoenix, and that was a really unique occurrence. And out of that, though, I think Heat probably emerged as, you know, I mean, look at the year that they've had. And I think that, that their year catalyzed in that first event, you know, Heat, um, which we're actually going to be uh, discussing in the second half of our program here. Um, but man, they just, they really were on fire in that, in, at that, that combined event. Yeah, we actually ended up playing Heat. We, they were at a little bit of a disadvantage because they played all their games in Texas, mm -hmm. you know, and then we went to Phoenix. We had only played two games. So we had to play our second two preliminary games. Mm -hmm. We played Moscow Red Legion and we played Houston Heat. And we beat Moscow Red Legion as Brad, I think it was Brad or Damien, hung the flag with one second to go and we won the game. And then we played Heat, where we were six to four about to knock Heat out. And they came back and won three straight points against us to go on. So they had that momentum. Mm -hmm. And then our next matchup for the semi-final uh, semi round or quarterfinal round, they put us up right back against Heat again. And then Heat got up points on us early and we were trying to fight back the whole time. So, you know, they... They, they fought their way in, you know, they had, they had a good, tough preliminary bracket, mm -hmm. and then they played us two times in a row, beat us, and then, you know, just carried that momentum right through the rest of the day. Yeah. So that was Phoenix. Then we head into Chicago, and this is kind of when it starts to become infamous as part of the year. They played phenomenal in the very uh, center of the year. So Chicago, our middle event, 
was Infamous Taken First, Red Legion. They took their second, second place in a row, and it's been a frustrating year for, for the Russians um, because they've had a little bit, a little bite of success, but, but really not what they are used to and what they expect out of their squad, but it's a new team. Uh, again, that's another team that we'll you know, get into a little bit later. And then Damage took third, and the Ironman took fourth. The Ironman constantly in the mix, but that team so young. And then we had an, the MAO. And Houston Heat, they won the event, so that gives them two wins and a second place for the year. And, you know, so it's like, okay, you guys have a win. Houston Heat has two wins. Damage won in the beginning. And there's a lot of storylines heading into World Cup. And, uh, you know, and then filling out, again, it was Heat, Infamous, Damage, and X Factor. You know, every, again, all these teams have interesting storylines. So let's get to the first team that we're going to profile today, and it's Chicago Aftershock. Now... Todd, what do you think the, the strengths and the weaknesses of Chicago Aftershock are? Well, their strengths are definitely uh, their confidence. You know, they come out there and they play every game like it's their last. You know, and they have to because they have nothing to lose. Um, they have Mike Bruno as the coach who is experienced. He's got winning experience. He's got World Cup winning experience. So he's one of those guys that knows what it's like to have been there. But when you're playing with such an inexperienced team, he's got to use as all that that he has inside of him to be able to help motivate his team mm -hmm. to get them to be able to, you know, just win some games. You know, we're not even talking about winning World Cup. We're not talking about making Sunday. They need to start off with the focus of we need to come here and play game by game and win, win a game. You know, go in there with the goal, win a game, win another game, win another game. Because, I mean, they've been struggling all year. You know, we've seen Aftershock, they've taken 12th, 11th, 11th, and 11th. You know, so, I mean, their weaknesses are their inexperience. And, I mean, just, I mean, that, that's pretty much it. I mean, everything else comes with experience. Well, be, well think about it, though. Aftershock, they, they play very, I actually love watching Aftershock play. I mean, they haven't put a lot of wins on the board this year. But they're exciting to watch. And they're exciting to watch because they're not afraid to roll the dice. They make really dynamic moves off the break. And I was talking to Alex Goldman, who recently left Dynasty. He's playing for Tampa Bay Damage uh, at World Cup. But and I was talking to him, and, uh, and we're sitting, you know, he's doing the hot seat, uh, which is going to be out next week. But, you know, he was basically saying that when you play Aftershock, you don't really know where they're going to go, but you know they're coming. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> That's another thing is because is we've had a lot of experience this year playing Aftershock. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we have actually played him in almost every event uh, so far. And that's, that's another thing. And, and like you said about Mike Bruno, he's, he's such an intense player, and he's, he's so excited about you know, playing with the youth that he has, and he knows that they're fast. And he uses that as their, their inexperience, like you were saying, is, is kind of like their offensive weapon. So we know they're going to come, and we know they're going to get into our, you know, into our you know, 50s and wherever they may be. They're for sure going to the X. Because they make those spots. Yeah, and they make those spots. And, and what we know, though, is from our experience, is we're going to be able to, like, they're going to make mistakes. Uh, so we're going to let them make those mistakes. If we can win it off the break, we'll win it off the break. But if not, we know those guys are going to come. So, uh, you know, without giving out too much information yeah. to, to, to Mikey, who's watching the show, uh, <laughs> you, you know, and I, I've spoken to him after we played him. And he's like, you know, like, what, what do you think we can do? What can we do? And I was like, listen, tell your guys to relax. Uh, that's the biggest thing, is they get up in there and then they make those mistakes. They get into the spots to win the games Absolutely. and they make those mistakes. Yeah. It's like all their strengths are their weaknesses. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're, yeah. they're, so, they're so excitable that you know, they want to push and be aggressive, which is the way to play paintball. Mm -hmm. But you know, if you get too overly aggressive, that's when you start losing silly gun battles. You drop a body, then you drop a zone. And the next thing you know, you know all these teams that do have that experience, you know, they know what to do in those situations. You know, that's why you watch the finals and all these final games this year have been so tight. 
Yeah. You know, because everybody everybody knows what everybody wants to do, you know, and it's just like where's that breaking point gonna come from? Well that's the that's the frustrating thing about watching Aftershock play is that I love watching them play, like I said, because they make those dynamic moves off the break and they are not afraid to try to get into those spots. But once they get into those spots, it's almost kind of like clockwork. You know, I'm just waiting for that guy. It would be like when I remember when I was playing and I'd see like a little fast guy and he'd be out there, I'd be like, oh, okay, that guy's gonna be hard to shoot off the break because he's four foot tall. So, okay, if, but if he makes it in there, I'm gonna shoot him out of his spot. And if, if I was playing Aftershock right now, that, that's kind of how I would be looking at it. I'd be like, okay, well, there's a chance that they could take all 350s off the break. And it is what it is, but you know there's a good chance that I'm going to shoot that guy out of there once he makes it in because consistently, like that's what aftershock really needs to work on. They need to work on their survivability in those clutch spots, and they've really struggled with that every single event and penalties too. They definitely get some penalties. Yeah, I think they've done a lot better job of not getting those penalties these last couple events, but the, the first couple events we were just watching flags fly all over the place. But past couple events, I think I, I mean I definitely feel like they've improved, uh, you know, as the season's gone on. Mm -hmm. I mean. They went from 12th and they've maintained 11th, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it, but, it, but it's tough because for Shock, I mean, Shock got decimated in the offseason. Houston Heat came in and Houston Heat basically took a lot of the talent from Shock and Mikey Bruno had to rebuild and Rennick Miller, the owner of that team, and they brought in some divisional players. And they, you know, I, I talked to Rennick and he's just, in the beginning of the year, he's like, look, you know, there's been over 100 players that have worn the Aftershock jersey. We're not going anywhere. It may take time. And, you know, Bruno's really intent on helping mold these young players. And I think it does bode well for them if they are, because some teams can't even make the spots that they make because they try to work into them, but they're making those spots. But so it's, I think that eventually that they will be able to craft the divisional players that stepped up this year to play pro on Aftershock eventually, but it's just going to take time. And Todd, it goes kind of back to what you were saying is they need to focus on the sim simple goals. Okay, so one one point at a time, one game at a time. Let's let's go to World Cup and let's you know let's try to win some games. You know, let, let's focus on winning each game that's in front of them. But you know, when we're breaking their prelim schedule down, is they're playing? They got a pretty tough bracket. They're playing X Factor, they're playing Red Legion, they're playing Infamous, and they're playing CEP. So you know, CEP is is the 12th ranked team. So the 11th and 12th ranked teams are, are gonna be going at each other. You know, that's, that's kind of a toss up game. Um, but those other three games, I mean, Red Legion, they're dominant. <laughs> Infamous won a tournament this year. X Factor, you know, they, they took fourth at the last event. They're, they're playing hot. I mean, it's gonna be really hard for Aftershock just to make Sunday, let alone win the event. Yeah, it's, it's an uphill battle for them, I think, at every event. But uh, like Todd said, you know, there is a little bit of progression and, and Yes, they are staying consistent in the, in the bottom of the pack, but uh, you never know what they're going to do, and who knows what they're out there you know, scheming right now. And, yeah. and maybe Bruno has some, some bigger plans, and those guys have, after a full season, a lot of teams do come together. Yeah. Watching them play, though, I mean, they, they have, uh, you know, lightened up on the penalties a little bit. They have. And they do seem to be bang, playing better team paintball, mm -hmm. which does come with getting experience. You know, they're getting out there. They're taking their licks, you know, and we don't see them walking off the field you know, with bad attitudes and their heads down. They go out there, they fight, they take their licks, they go back in and they come right back out. Yeah. So the top five players on Aftershock, it's uh, you got uh, Caleb Abel, AJ Lawhead, Andrew Rodriguez, Chris Jansen, and Kurt Wasson. So, you know, again, I think the, the biggest takeaway, uh, you know, talking about Aftershock is they're just really fun to watch play. And it's a legendary franchise that helped define paintball and they've got some really hungry players and they're looking to the future. All right, so let's move on to the next up and coming team.
that we have that's played here uh, in the Pro Division. This is our first year in the league, Upton 187 crew. Uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Upton 187 crew? Uh, it's actually interesting because I've, I've commentated a handful of these games, and you actually ask me every time that I commentate, but I've never actually been able to play them up until the last event. And I've always been impressed because they do have those guys. They're, they're a little bit more experienced as far as the personnel than, than the previous team we talked about, Aftershock, mm -hmm. uh, in that they have some guys that will hang in the back and kind of help clean up. So that's, that's where their experience is going to be, is going to take them uh, a little further down. Um, when we played them, I think that we matched up well against them, and it was, there were some, definitely some really close points, but, but I think that our experienced guys, and it's the same thing. It was, you know, those, their front guys made the mistakes first, uh, even though that's been a problem for us uh, this whole season was our, our, you know, production out of our front players. But our, our guys will end particularly up. Particularly on the snake side. Particularly on the snake side. But our, our guys will end up um, outgunning them experience-wise uh, once we make it to our spots. Mm -hmm. so, so that was the biggest thing. And, and then they do have some guys that, that are in the back after watching and commentating those, all those games mm -hmm. is being able to see those, their, you know, those back two or three guys mm -hmm. are going to be able to move up the field a little more confidently and actually help their guys in front of them. Yeah. Instead of just running right next to him and you know. And well, I mean, if you look at the top ten moves that we had, Eddie Painter, who I, I think is really emerging as a, a solid you know, mid back player, you know, he had an amazing move. He came all the way from the back, ran underneath the A to stab somebody, mm -hmm. and uh, looked good doing it. Um, those are I, I'm just I see a lot of progression out of 187. You know, they've had some. They haven't won a lot of games this season, and they're still at the bottom of the pack. They didn't win a game at the last event. But they're giving teams really good games. You know, yeah. they did beat the Ironman this year. They've taken the Russians into sudden death overtime twice, twice. this year. Lost both of those games. But that being said, I, I look at you know their their top five players are Nick Laval, uh, Max Trailer, uh, Greg Lazat, Eddie Painter, and Mike Carlin. And particularly, I, I really am impressed. Um, I, I think it's interesting that Dan Zaleski's not on their top five. This is, and these are taken from the stats. You can go to PaintballAccess.com, check out all the statistics. But on the snake side, their punch comes from Dan Zaleski, and, uh, and also kind of on as the two is, uh, is Nick Laval. Nick Laval, out of everyone on that team, he impresses me the most. That kid's a beast, man. He's a, he's a real solid player. What do you yeah, think he's a monster. You know, he's, he's, he's a big, fit, athletic kid, you know. And, I mean, he's, he's been one of those guys that, you know, when games get you know, stagnant, he'll come and break through. Or, you know, if they're up on bodies, you know, he'll come through and close a game out for them. But, I mean, these guys have finished ninth in every event so far this season. And the thing that I like about Upton 187 is the fact that they're not in the same situation as Aftershock as far as their personnel um, being a new team this year. This is a team that has played together before. You know, this isn't their first season together. Mm -hmm. These guys worked their way up through the ranks, mm -hmm. you know, in, in the same manner that Vicious did. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's why, you know, we've seen Vicious um, finish, you know, 11th, a 5th, an 8th, and an 8th. You know, they've, they've done pretty well this year. You mm -hmm. know, the, their finishes may not exactly reflect that, but, I mean, up to 187, they've given, we played them, I think last event was the first event that we didn't play them. Mm -hmm. And every single time we played them, um, aside from the Chicago, Chicago, we played them a little bit better than we had earlier in the season. But, I mean, they played really well, and, you know, they gave us a game. I mean, they're fearless. Um, they communicate well. Um, they're confident. You know, they're confident. They're, they're really confident. Um, they believe in themselves and, and uh, who they are as a team. Um, they know what their identity is, and it's all just about experience with them. You know, and they're not trying to gain experience in the same way that Aftershock is, because Aftershock is trying to figure out, okay, who are you, and how are we good together? Mm -hmm. You know, they're like, okay, it's us. We know who we are. We know what we need to do, 
and how we can do it. And if you're used to winning, because they won all the divisional stuff, you know, mm -hmm. they're used to winning. They understand how to win as a team. Now, for them, it's just a matter of adjusting to the pro level, the speed of the game, the experience of the players, the little mistakes that you're allowed to get away with. You know, those are things that are really hard to learn, hard to earn. Well, another thing that I think you have to talk about teams like Upton uh, is that, you know, they're out of Upton, Massachusetts. There's not a lot of big pro teams on the eastern seaboard that these guys are able to, to practice and scrimmage against. That's historically been one of the reasons that you've seen really good teams kind of come out of hotbeds, come out of Florida, or come out of the south, or come out of... Uh, California is that you you rise to the the level of competition that you play against regularly and Upton's gonna have to find a way to either have teams fly in to play them or go fly to play other teams so that they can actually get that level of experience on the practice level because right now they're only getting at the tournament and you know we've, we've said this you know this is kind of one of those painful cliches is that you know, if, if you do it that way, then that's the most expensive practice that you can have, you know, is to go to the tournaments and, and try to earn your chops that way. But, but the cool thing about Upton, though, is like you said, they're fearless. They're incredibly entertaining to watch because they do push the field. They're not scared to make those big moves. They're pretty good gunfighters. Um, but that, I thought, was one of their Achilles heels this year. They've gotten a little bit better at it. They're not penalty monsters, but they die out of their bunkers too much. You know, and there also will be a team that gets into those good spots, but that's just that's rookie mistake type stuff. You know, as you get in those good spots and you get shot. So, yeah, yeah, and uh, they got a pretty uh, a pretty good schedule too. I mean, they they're playing. I mean, this back in the day could have been a finals bracket. Dynasty, damage, Ironman, and impact. That's who Upton one eight seven has to play in the prelims. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. That's gonna be a tough matchup for them, but. You know, if you're gonna pay anything for a, for a good practice, I guess <laughs> it wouldn't be bad to, to draw draw guys like that. Yeah, yeah. and they've ar they've already beat the Ironman this year, so that's you know already happened. And uh, um, Impact is such a dark horse. Uh, we don't really know what they're bringing. Uh, they haven't played this format all year long. We're gonna get to Impact at the the second half of the show when Mike uh, Mike Kimmon comes on. But uh, you know, Damage and Dynasty. Uh, that, I, honestly, I, don't, I, I think they might have one of the hardest brackets out in the prelims. I don't know. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I mean. Does it get any harder than that? Uh, I mean, Ironman's a top four team this year. Damage has already won event. Um, we're going to get to Dynasty. They're the, <laughs> they're the next team on the list. But, you know, I think that, I, I mean, God, we've said this all year long, but when you guys look at your roster, well, let, well let's do that. Let's, let's move to Dynasty and... Uh, and finish out your set here before we, we sure. bring Mike in. Because this is one of the big stories of the year. There's been a lot of stuff going on, especially in the past week or so, is, um, or past two weeks. So, you know, San Diego Dynasty, uh, over 50 professional wins, dominated the sport in many ways for over a decade now, slightly over a decade. Last year was the 10-year anniversary of the team, mm -hmm. at least at the pro level. Yeah. Um, and... Again, I, I, I can't even say that again. 50 professional wins. Like before Dynasty came around, if you've won, if you had won a pro tournament, that was amazing. If you'd won five pro tournaments, that was like above board. That was kind of amazing. That was even more amazing. But, you know, so you can't overstate Dynasty's importance to paintball. But, and you guys had an amazing first half of 2011. But since then, it really hasn't been. Now, and you guys did win the title at, at yeah, the end of the yeah. year. So I don't want to take we that. Got, we have titles. Yeah. Still. Um, and, and it's, it's been a, a slow year for us. It's been tough. You know, it's hard for us to get traction. Um, we, we've lacked production on, like you said earlier, the snake side. We had, uh, you know, we had good, 
good support there last year. We had a really good job getting down the snake and, and doing damage. And this season, we haven't really gotten in that rhythm. And that's hurt us, as everybody knows. And, and it's a really hard problem to fix, because <clears throat> we're going out there. There's not a lot. There's not as much talent in, San in, in the Southern California area. You know, Once Infamous left, there's not a lot of teams to practice. Uh, so our practices kind of have gone down a little bit in quality. Uh, just because of the, the lack of just the lack of teams, um, you know, we're stuck practicing against you know, divisional teams or against ourselves, which I think has a, a detrimental effect on the team as well. Mm -hmm. uh, so that said, we still have the tools, and we still have on paper, like like you've said before, the players that are are able to play these spots and do a lot of damage. They just haven't. We just have not been, you know, doing. All that. <laughs> well, this year, I mean, you came in at third, third place in Galveston. Uh, then you took eighth, sixth, and seventh mm -hmm. at the next three events. And I know it's been a particularly frustrating year for you because you've had a good year. Other than, I mean, you were heading into the last event. You were the second-ranked player in the entire world after Marcelo Margot, who plays for Moscow Red Legion. And uh, um, he's actually going to be on uh, Marcelo and Brandon Short will be our guests for uh, the next pre-show that we're going to be doing, too. So make sure to tune in for that. But you know, you've had a good year, Ryan. You know, I mean, I know Thanks. your team hasn't had a bad year. Mm -hmm. And you've got some untimely penalties. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but other than that, you know, I mean, you, you've had a pretty good year. You've been getting things done over there. But it's been a very frustrating year for you, I know. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I like to think that, I, that I, I play OK for the last you know, 10 years also. You know, we just started keeping track of the stats this time. But. Um, no, you were terrible. We, yeah. This is the only year finally, you've done ten, anything. Ten years, yeah, finally, ten years. Yeah, you did it on the right year, though. We're like actually <laughs> finally, we got stacked. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it's it's been the production uh, of the of the rest of the team. On you know, some guys will play fantastic in an event on a certain side, and then next the next event they'll play uh, great on another side, but bad on poorly on this side. And it's just getting in the rhythm with the team uh, and keeping our focus. Uh, again, like I mentioned before, the the practices haven't helped us just not being able to practice top tier teams. We've had a couple of games against, uh, practices against the Ironmen, but that's it. That's all we've had down here. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the prep that we're gonna have for World Cup. Uh, we do have two other major events uh, on other parts of the world that we have to focus on, uh, because that's another thing that, that also kinda is a little bit of hindrance on our, on our side, uh, is that we do play in 12, or some odd 13 events over the course of the year, as opposed to, you know, you look at the top teams, Houston uh, and, let's see, Infamous, Tampa, at least they play in two leagues, but Houston plays only in one league. Mm -hmm. They're focusing their entire, you know, everything they got all in this one thing. So, it, you know, it gives them a little bit more of an advantage, I would say. But, you know, not to take away from the fact that, that our players and we are not gelling together and, and getting things yeah. done like we should. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, you guys did that last year too, in the beginning of the year, and you still were doing well. Yeah, like I said, we came out, we came out strong in the beginning of the year, maybe, uh, and and last year, and that was, you know, enough, to, third enough at, to carry third us Third at the beginning of the year was not. It's not a bad idea. It was, it was just not making, not making Sunday isn't isn't really uh, a thing that we do, and we've that's happened twice now, um, and so and we got knocked out early in the on the Sunday round against mm -hmm. the Ironman in that that other game. So yeah. so. We're, we're doing a lot of things uncharacteristic, uncharacteristic of our team, and, and it's hard for us to deal with it, I think. And a lot of our guys are actually trying to also cope with, with dealing with that. You know, uh, Coming into World Cup, we've also lost two you know, really important par parts of our team. We lost our coach, uh, and we lost Mouse, who's now playing for damage. Uh, 
you know, unbeknownst to us. You know, we heard about it on the internet. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, some people have to do things uh, that, that they have to do for whatever reason. You know, Mouse is a player who's, who's, who's done things like that before. You know, he'll just disappear. Uh, sometimes I think he took a time off. I think he's quit several different teams and bounced around just because he's looking for that fit. Uh, we had thought he had found it, uh, but, you know, apparently that was, we were, we were, yeah, he just said, understood. Uh, we, we put, you know, uh, we had him in the hot seat, and he had said, he, he actually was pretty honest with himself. He was like, you know what, I, I had a bad year. Yeah, um, and, that, and, and that's and, another thing. You know, and, that, and that's, he's like, I, I, don't, I can't really blame, I mean, you know, he did have some critical things to say, but, mm. but a lot of it was him kind of being really introspective and saying, I'm frustrated, I, I, this is one of the worst years I've ever had, uh, I need to kind of hit the reset button on the year, and I think that, you know, this is a good way for me to do that, and I, you know, it, that it, it is what it is, but yeah. it, when you, again, when you look at Dynasty this year, a lot of people are like, oh, is it effort, is it this or that? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of these little things, these big things that kind of come into play, but you guys did not have snakeside production this year. Right. Alec, or, you know, Goldman didn't have the best year, and your first set of guys in there also didn't have that great you know, of a performance, right. which is why you guys are middle of the pack right now, because you have to have a punch on the Dorito side, which you guys do with you and Dalton, and you have to have a punch on the snake side, which you've had a counter punch with Frazier, yeah. Alex Frazier, who hasn't had a bad year. In the beginning of the year, he was doing better, but it's just kind of crumbled, you know? Yeah, and, and, you know, we've lost a couple of quick guys in the beginning of the year. After, after Galveston, we lost uh, Sean McDonald, mm -hmm. who was, you know, our answer for, for a faster, more productive snake player, but then he was kind of over it. But, you know, <clears throat> going back to it, it's just, it's just getting that side locked down that a lot of the teams have been able to, you know, push a lot more of their resources into acquiring guys who can do that job that we don't have any, you know, as much. Uh, Ray Aomada is, is playing really well, and, and we kind of, Mike had brought him back, um, and luckily it didn't take him. <laughs> uh, but Ray, uh, he had brought Ray in, and, you know, he'd said several times, like, you know, he's going to be a great guy to pick up. He's going to solve some of our problems. Ray hadn't played in a while, so we were kind of reluctant, but, you know, he came in uh, after practicing for a while, and, and I think he did incredibly well. I think maybe even one of the top ranked guys on our squad um, in, at MAO. So, so we're actually excited that, that he's on the team and we have a couple more pickups and we're gonna try to get some of those younger attack players to kind of get in there and, and solve that snake problem. Well, you picked up uh, Blake, what's his last name? Yarbin. Yarbin. Blake, Blake Yarbin? Yeah. Okay, but he plays on the Drill side, right? I, he, he said that he can play on, on either side. Well, yeah, he's probably going to tell you anything. Yeah. He'll probably tell you to play the back center if, if you let him, I'm sure. You know, he's a Yes, sir, I can play in Dynasty? Yeah, of course I can, I can play a snake. Absolutely. I've, I've played him many times. <laughs> well, he says he's comfortable with a lot of different places, you know? Mm -hmm. And if we can put him in, uh, counter him in with Dalton, and then move myself and Oliver maybe over to, like, be a more of a support role on that snake side or even on the Dorito side, that's fine. Because, again, I don't need to be that front guy. Um, you know, that's not necessarily, I mean, I can play wherever, and, and Alex and Oliver, they can as well, but we want to be able to get those guys who are going to be able to run to that spot every time and, and do damage and then let us help clean it up and help direct them down the field. You know, sometimes our snake coach uh, coaching isn't always there or available, but we want to make sure that we have some more of the experienced guys uh, helping our, our front guys out mm -hmm. and getting them down the field and getting them to attack. You know, Mouse and I actually, I talked to him after, after the whole Tampa thing had happened. And, and one thing that we had talked about is uh, last year when we were doing really well, one of the good things and one of the things that he had liked the most was that when he and I had played together. Because, you know, Mike would come out, he would call the play, and then Mouse would be like, okay, hey, let's do it, let's do it like this, and I'm going to go to this spot. And, and I would know exactly what he's doing. And playing together with a player like that 
you know, Mouse is definitely experienced, but he still needed a, a player like myself or Oliver or Alex to be like, yeah, let's do it like this. I agree, you know, that's great. Because that bit of confidence is going to help. Now, yeah. if it's just me and Oliver standing over there and I'm like, hey, Oliver, I'm running the snake, Oliver's like, all right, cool. It's like, we're not, you know, <laughs> like, I hope that he's going to do the same thing I'm thinking of. Yeah. But, you know, and, and we're there and we're on the same page, but it's a lot easier to give confidence into the, uh, the newer guys when you have one of us hanging out there and being like, yes, that's a, that's a great idea, yeah. you know? Because if I think it's a great idea, Oliver says it's not a good idea. I'm not going to believe him. Well, <laughs> <laughs> and vice versa. Yeah, I was going to say you guys pick are like brothers and have for a long time. You know, that's interesting, though, because I know that's worked for you guys a long time. But I, one of the things that, Alec, that, that Mal said was that he's like, yeah, you know, it's tough because that's how you guys are. Because you guys have been working in that mm -hmm. capacity for so long. But that that works for you guys and it has for a long time but it's kind of hard on everybody else right you know, because they don't really know what's happening or you know they're, right. or they'll watch you guys fight and for you it's like brothers fighting yeah and there's no resolution they, they don't yeah. see any resolution there's no resolution uh, you know even a lot though of times on the yeah. phone later on or you know <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing but right. and also let, let, let's, let's look at your schedule you got heat 187 impact and x factor you play with impact as a combined team in europe so yep. that's going to be an interesting matchup can't wait to see that one uh, X Factor, you've had, you know, those guys on that team that have been on your team. Billy mm -hmm. Bernacci was on Dynasty mm -hmm. at one time. Archie, Archie Montemayor was on that team. So it's it kind of incestual here. And, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, Heat, who's the dominant team so far yeah. in 2012. So it's going to be, it's, yeah, what, do you, I mean, what do you think about that bracket? Well, that bracket? you know, like, like you said, we've, we've had a good matchup against Heat. We've mm -hmm. played them, we've practiced them. Uh, that was, like, I think one of our better practices. But we match up well against them, and I think that we have beat them. I don't know how many times we've played them this year, mm -hmm. uh, but I know that we've won one of those outings. Uh, uh, 187 crew, we played them in the last event. We, mm -hmm. You know, we talked about them. They have a, a difficult schedule. Mm -hmm. uh, Impact, we do play together over in Europe, and, and I hope that everybody out there, you know, just because you, you, this is the first you're going to see of Impact on the webcast, uh, you know, don't discount them. They're, you know, a terrific team, and, and uh, uh, they're really experienced guys, and they have attack, and they have a very balanced squad across yeah. the board. Uh, and then X Factor is the same way. Uh, you know, they just played an event, um, you know, with a skeleton crew, and they they did they won. Um, but in in X ball, uh, or in, and sorry, in the race two format here, the X Factor guys, you know, fourth, seventh, fourth. So they're pretty consistent on that that level. They're ranked just above us, so it's going to be a tough racket. Uh, yeah, but that's why you come play the yeah, World Cup, you know. Of course. Yeah, that's why you watch the webcast. So. Uh, well, Ryan, thank you for sitting in with us here, sure. and uh, we're going to be right back with four more teams and the new sideline coach for the LA Ironman, Mike Kimmon. See you in just a second. The ultimate paintball competition and trade show is almost upon us, so get ready for the biggest, best, and most exciting tournament of the paintball season, the 2012 PSP World Cup at the Fantasy of Flight outside Orlando, Florida, October 24th through the 28th. Over 300 teams from the far reaches of the globe will be competing in 12 different levels of competition from Pro to Division 5, all fighting for the coveted World Cup title. Teams have had all year long to get ready for the pinnacle of paintball, and the action will be fast and fierce. The industry's best and the brightest companies will also be there, displaying all the fresh 2013 gear and products at the one and only World Cup trade show. Interactive booths, pro signings, and new products will be everywhere. With the new PSP Affiliates Initiative, all the teams who have grinded their way up the world rankings will be able to face each other in the flesh to decide who will reign at the top for 2012. After an eight-year hiatus, the PSP is bringing back the legendary 10-man division. The best pump players will also be able to display their skills in the highly competitive pump division. And Woods Ball makes its comeback as well, as the Ultimate Woods Ball League will be bringing its unique format to the World Cup for the first time. 
All the World Cup action will be broadcast live and free on paintballaccess.com. A paintball player's life is not complete without a trip to the World Cup, as it has literally everything that you could hope for at a paintball tournament. So sign your team up now and get into the fight. It's an unforgettable experience you do not want to miss. All right, we are back. Uh, I'd like to say goodbye to Ryan Greenspan. He heads off, but we have Mike Kim in the new sideline coach for the Los Angeles Ironman heading into World Cup. And we have four more teams to break down here. Uh, X-Factor, Infamous, Houston Heat, and Edmonton Impact. Uh, very interesting teams. And, you know, Mike, but before we get started on that, it's been a crazy year. You know, you've had a kind of a crazy year yourself as you started out with Dynasty. Now you're heading to, you know, coach the Ironman. And I uh, just kind of like your thoughts on, on what's you know, transpired this year so far. I mean, like you said, it's been a wild year in paintball. Uh, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Um, I think my move was for the best. It was the best thing for me, for my family. Uh, wish the Dynasty guys nothing but luck, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm happy to be where I'm at. Feels good. And uh, ready to do this. Now, we actually have the Ironmen are going to be profiled in our next pre-show. Which, uh, which we're going to have Marcella Margot and Brandon Short, who's going to be sitting in with us. But I just kind of want to pick your brain real quick. Um, obviously, we'll be picking Brandon's brain as well about the Ironman. But, you know, I, I think it's kind of a, it's a really big event for the Ironman. I think a lot of guys have a lot to prove. Who knows what's going to happen for 2013? It's, you know, guys need to go out there and perform. And uh, they've kind of been that mid-level boss this year. And they have a lot of young guys. But... I just want, you know, just a couple quick thoughts on, on heading into World Cup, what you think, just because we got you here in the seat, you know? I mean, I think the Ironmen are capable, you know? There's going to be some tough teams. Uh, guys have got to show up to play, you know? I mean, I think anything's capable at World Cup on Sunday, you know? Uh, I think the Ironmen are capable. They've been consistent this they year. They made Sunday every single time. Skinny's done a great job with the team this year, keeping them there. And it just comes down to, you know, who wants it bad enough, you know, who... Who wants to succeed as much as, you know, you want to breathe or just live, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, it's got to be, they've got to really want it, you know? People say they want it. People try to get it up. But I think these guys are capable. I've been with them the last four weekends at Pendleton practicing and some hungry kids out there, some really underrated guys, you know? Guys have got to step up. Who knows what the layout's going to look like, if it's going to be a little more offensive, defensive. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, something fast probably favors us a little bit more, but... I think, uh, I think the Ironman will be ready for it, man. Who has impressed you the most in your coaching? Or, oh, I'm man. sorry, in the few weekends that you've been out there with him coaching him? I mean, I haven't seen Pax. He's been, you know, I don't know, in the woods or something, um, being a lumberjack. <laughs> uh, Toke hasn't been down, so I haven't seen him much. I mean, Rainey is, you know, obviously I have a lot of experience with Rainey. He's played well. I can't put it on any one guy because it would be kind of rude to some of the other guys, you know. I mean... Rainey's definitely been handling it. Short's played well. He's, you know, Short's an intelligent dude. Uh, Ryan Martin, while he doesn't have a lot of words to say, is a really good paintball player. Uh, it's hard to put it on any one guy. I mean, there's some good young players there, you know what I mean? Wait to not answer my question, question, Mike. Wait to not answer my question. Yeah, I, I mean, like, I, 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 can't, I can't. One guy, I, just one guy who's impressed you. Uh, I mean, they've all impressed me. I've, I mean, for me, though, I've worked with so many of these yeah, guys. I mean, half true. these dudes have played for me yeah, that's or true. been beaten up by me, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> no. That's I, no joke either. That's, uh, they've all impressed me, but, I mean, so far, Rainey has just, he's a very, you know, he's, he's a great paintball player. Yeah, and since, the, I, thought, I thought that was such a great pick for the Ironman. They picked up Rainey. 
and he has really stepped up for them. But again, we'll get into the Ironman in our next show, but let's start off with San Antonio X-Factor. Now, X-Factor so far, they have taken 8th, 4th, 7th, and 4th. So it's been kind of a hit or miss year for them. And that's kind of traditionally what we've seen out of X-Factor. The story there is that the owner of that team, Alex Martinez, heading into this year, really had a renewed vigor and a renewed... Uh, um, just that he wanted to put the band back together. He wanted to make sure they were practicing. He wanted to make sure that, you know, that the best team to ever come out of Texas was put in a position to win tournaments again. And I think that they've, they've now gotten back to that a little bit. And, uh, and I, you know, heading into World Cup, I, you know, we, I think that there's legitly about maybe five to seven teams, depending on who you are, um, you know, as far as like your, you know, who you think is good and who you don't think is good. But I would say that there's probably about seven teams that have at least a shot to win World Cup in a realistic sense. And I think X Factor is one of those teams. Would you guys agree with that or disagree? I, I would agree with that just because um, X Factor this year, uh, they do have that confidence. I mean, you, you heard from Alex Martinez um, after the MAO and they were like, he was like, you know, hats off to Infamous for the work that we put in. I appreciate that, Alex. But, you know, he, he knows that his team has been fighting. You know, they've been out there, they've been working hard, and he knows that his team, that, that, that they have his support, you know, and they've, they've got his stamp, and that, you know, he wants them to succeed, you know, so he's doing everything he can. And the players, I mean, they've been, they've, they've finished 8th, 4th, 7th, and 4th, but every single event, I swear, they've been the team that has been, had to win that game to either get in or go home. Well, and you also, know? that seventh, they would have made, at Chicago, they would have made it into the final, I'm sorry, they would have made it into Sunday if Colt Roberts hadn't got that, that, that penalty right. against the Ironman. And we played them in, uh, in MAO, mm -hmm. and they get two penalties. Michael um, gets a penalty that, you know, looked kind of, you know, looked kind of suspect, mm -hmm. maybe, you know, like, I, I didn't see... Um, the ball hit him, you know, I just saw the videos, you know, I didn't see where, you know, that, that he ended up getting called on, you know, the referees are out there making the calls, but I mean, he got a major the first point, you mm -hmm. know, and that just does wonders for, you know, for us when we're out there playing against them, he gets a major, he goes in the box, and as soon as he comes out of the box, Colt Roberts gets a major, you know, so, I mean, even though we beat them in the, in the semifinals to go to the finals, you know, we didn't really get to see the X factor that could have been, you know, mm -hmm. because those guys were fighting tooth and nail to get in that event. They've been fighting know? tooth and, and nail every single all, event. All year, every you know, event. and we talk, when, we, when we're out there doing the live webcasts, um, you know, we talk about the team that fights their way into Sunday, you know, and that team that ends up, um, you know, fighting their way in, and that's the way Houston Heat won MAO. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they fought their way in, and then they fought their way through damage, uh, Russians. Russians and us to win the event, yeah. you know? That's the way that X Factor... It doesn't get any more brutal than that. That's the way X Factor's been playing all season. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? I mean, X Factor's a team you don't want to catch on Sunday. You don't want to catch them on a Saturday, on a Friday, <laughs> on a Monday. Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, like you said, the best pro team to ever come out of Texas. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of grit in those dudes, you know? Like, I think we all have so, a ton of respect for the X-Factor dudes, you know what I mean? Like, every one of the guys, they're top five. I mean, Alex Martinez is one of the best owners that this league's probably ever seen. Uh, I mean, they're a good team. If they can stay out of the penalty. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we just talked about... Yeah. Two different occasions that penalties came. Right. Yeah. And this, this fourth that they took in Phoenix, they knocked out damage to get in. 
It was either it was them versus Damage, win or go home, and they beat Damage, who had just won Galveston to get in. Yeah. So you know they beat good teams. They've been in a lot of tough games. The Ironman game in Chicago to mm -hmm. go on, and Colt got that penalty. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I think they have a legit chance to win World Cup. And also, they've had two big pickups this year that I really like the way these guys play. And you look at their top five players. You know, we're looking at Grayson Goff, Colt Roberts, uh, Archie Montemayor, uh, Todd Morrow. And then their fifth best player is a guy named Mike Ashton Johnson. They call him Ashton. And, uh, and, and I really think Ashton's baller. You know? And then they also picked up a guy for the last event, Jesse Stevens. And he's their sixth best player. These are all according to our stats. Go to paintballaccess.com. Check out the statistics. You can you know, draw your own judgments from all the different metrics that we have there. But you know, this is across six different, different classifications of, uh, of statistics that we're drawing these overall player rankings from. But those, those two pickups, I think, are bode well for the future of X Factor because they've, had, they've lost some guys. You know, they've lost the Odell brothers in the offseason. They're off doing uh, business ventures and have moved, you know, moved on. And you know, they still love paintball. But you know, any team that's going to have longevity needs to refresh the ranks. And it's good to see guys like Ashton Johnson and Stevens come up, you know? Yeah, Jesse Stevens, I mean... He, he's up in those ranks right now because, you know, this was his first event, you know, so his stats are, are a little bit um, limited. But, I mean, we watched him play. You know, we made a point to watch that kid play. And, you know, I think there's a big upside for him. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I look to, you know, see a lot of uh, production out of him in the future, especially on that snake side. I mean, and Billy Bernaccio isn't even on this list, you know. Billy Bernaccio is one of those players that was known for being in that 50 all the time and being a thorn in your side, that's why X Factor picked him up. Mm -hmm. You know, they're still waiting for Billy Bernaccio to have, you know, like a breakout tournament and play like Billy Bernaccio can. But in the meanwhile, you know, if he's not getting it done, Michael Kovar, uh, you know, has been that guy in the snake doing work for them. But Jesse Stevens is fast, he's young, he's hungry, and he's playing with a bunch of guys that, you know, he's playing in a good group of guys that are there that are going to facilitate his growth. Yeah, I, I do agree. I and, you know, let, let's look at their schedule. X-Factor is playing San Diego Dynasty, Houston Heat, Chicago Aftershock, and Chattanooga CEP. Mike, what do you think about that schedule? I mean, it's a tough draw. You know, the first two as Dynasty and Heat. I mean, Heat's a great team, good, solid coach. I mean, they're on the upswing right now, you know, so it's going to be a, a tough game. Dynasty, we're waiting to see, you know, who Rusty fields. There's going to be some holes in the roster, obviously, with Mouse departing this week. It's going to be a tough game. Shock and CP are going to have their hands full with them. You know what I mean? Like X-Factor, when the X-Factor comes, I mean, I've scouted them, and they don't do the same thing. There's not a lot of tendencies. I mean, I remember scouting them twice this year where they played every bunker on their half of the field. I mean, everywhere, to the A, to the Snake, deep in the Doritos, everywhere on the break. So it's, they don't have tendencies where, like, hey, Mike and Todd are going to be in the back center or in this one bunker. They could go anywhere. It's tough, you know, like younger teams like that that are trying to get their feet underneath them. Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to have their hands full. I mean, it's, I believe X Factor will make it out of that bracket. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's a good bracket for them to progress for. We don't know, but there's intangibles here, but that's why it's exciting. That's why I'm really looking forward to watching this event. You know, the World Cup is, I mean, I, I love paintball and, you know, I know a lot about these teams because, you know, this is my job is to, to kind of, you know, break into these teams and figure out the stories behind them. But there's so many different storylines there. Dynasty, we, we don't know what Dynasty's going to come with. They lost you. They, they've lost Mouse. They've underperformed all year long, so they're going to be hungry. But they picked that new Blake kid up. I, who knows where he's going to play. So many unanswered questions. Houston Heat been dominant all year long. Two first 
and a second place. Aftershock, they're always an intangible. They're wild and crazy. I talked to Mikey Bruno. He's intent on winning World Cup. Mike's is, he's like, we're going to win World Cup. And I'm like, okay, you got a 12th and 311th so far. So, you know, kind of good luck. And uh, I don't know, it, it's going to be interesting. But I can't wait to see X Factor play because I'm a fan of that team. They have a great story. They are one of the best teams to ever come out of the South other than Damage. They're definitely the best team to ever come out of Texas. So, you know, and, I, and then people would say, well, Houston, what about Houston Heat? And I remember I asked Colt Roberts that. I was like, you know, hey, man. Uh, you know, we've been talking about you being the, you guys being the best team ever to come out of Texas. What about Houston Heat this year? And he's like, show me one Texan on the roster. You know, and I'm yeah. like, oh, well, Ryan I mean, Colt, Smith. Colt, Colt 45 would know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those guys bathe in the third coast. Yeah. So. <laughs> third coast. Yeah. But so, I mean, you know, if, if X Factor can stay out of the penalty, show up with all their guys, focus, ready to play, get some good practice. I mean, those are going to be the keys for them mm -hmm. to do well. And the penalties, I mean, it always happens with X Factor when, you guys are webcasting or watching. Somebody will get a ticky-tack penalty that's a major, and it's like that's kind of like their their equalizer is the penalties. They get brought back to reality. If they can keep out of that penalty, I don't on any given Sunday they can legitimately pound any team. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and it's to me, it's great to see Grayson Goff and Todd Morrow in the top five on that team, and to see Jesse Stevens and the new kid uh, Ashton also up there because you know everyone's like okay Colt Roberts Archie Montemayor are like great players and they have a, a really deep roster on that team but you know over the years like um, both Grayson and Todd have I, I don't think felt that they've been given enough due you know as far as being as good as they are and I think they've really stepped up this year so it's really cool to see the actual statistics uh, match their drive you know what I'm saying like for them to, to no. step up and, and yeah. to have the performances they put in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw, you know, Grayson Goff and Todd Morrow, you know, paintball, you know, so much of it's about consistency, you know, and Todd Morrow and Grayson Goff have been playing some pretty consistent paintball all year. I mm -hmm. mean, that's why they're ranked in the top five on their team. You know, they've been playing some good consistent paintball. And, you know, we talk about, you know, having that that stamp of approval, you know, from from Alex Martinez. And, mm -hmm. you know, when we watched X Factor come up, you know, I was fortunate enough to be around while, you know, we watched them come up through the ranks, you know, like the way that those guys were together, you know, the way that their, their bond was, you know, it was just as tight as any other team, you know, mm -hmm. like uh, Dynasty back in the day, um, you know, the vicious guys, uh, the old lockout guys, the old aftershock guys, you know, like those teams that grew up together and had that really strong bond together. I mean, X Factor has that, you know, and guys like Grayson Goff, Todd Morrow, Archie, Colt, those guys have been around for that. You know, they were mm -hmm. with them as they came through. So, you know, they have something special that you can't just piece together. You can't just buy, you know. Like, that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of hard work to build and yeah. develop. And those guys have that. And, you know, having, like, a renewed uh, confidence and drive, you know, for X Factor, I believe has what has propelled them to have um, the success that they've had this year. And guys, you know, the OG guys like Grayson Goff and Todd Morrow, you know, those are dudes that were there, you know, growing up. And, you know, they're saying, like, this is my team. Yeah. You know, that's what you expect from them. This is my team. I'm going to come here and represent. And they have. Yeah. Well, you know, they haven't won a tournament in the PSP this year, so they do still have a lot to prove. But, you know, I think they've impressed us all. All right, let's move on to Los Angeles Infamous. Now, Infamous has won an event this year. Todd, you're the coach of Infamous. You've done a great job with them so far this year. And you guys have taken fifth, sixth, first, and second. So definitely on that uphill swing. Your thoughts on the year so far? 
Well, the, um, the first two events of the year, you know, the, uh, the Galveston and the Phoenix event, uh, Galveston, you know, like I was talking about earlier when Ryan was here, um, you know, we had that, that matchup with Houston Heat, mm-hmm. and we, you know, it was the first time that we had played each other in Phoenix, and they, uh, we were up on them, and they came back three straight points to beat us, you know, and that didn't hurt our confidence at all, but I think it gave them a little bit more confidence going in to the next game the, the next morning, because we had to play them again, mm-hmm. and they were able to get up on us early and then just control the tempo to where we couldn't fight back. Yeah. And then when we played um, uh, Galveston, you know, the way that we performed, because we were a new team too, you yeah. know, we, we took, we had, you know, five, six new guys, you know, four, five they old guys. They stole from Aftershock last you know, year. that we just walked right in <laughs> and said, Mike Bruno, look over there, y'all come this way, you know. Yeah. But, um, I mean, we were still... But that was a big move for Infamous because, you know, Infamous historically has been that all-star team, Mike. You know, I mean, you, you the see... The year them. before they were? Yeah, the year before they've been around, and that doesn't always work out. I mean, obviously, it's working out with Houston Heat this year, but they have a pretty cohesive unit and a really good leader, a good owner. I mean, they're, they're really adamant about that kind of family atmosphere instead of that, oh, okay, well, let's just assemble these, this troop of all-stars and... You know, but, but Travis went out and, with you know, you as the coach and Travis as the captain and really was adamant about putting together the blue-collar ballers. You know, Midwest, Travis is now out of Detroit. You know, so it, it, I think that it's worked great for you guys this year. No, it's definitely worked great. But, I mean, that being said, you know, having that new team, it took us those first couple events to, you know, we had to establish our own identity. You know, I knew what I wanted to do. You know, I knew, you know, the, the type of atmosphere that I wanted to build for us. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen with one practice right before Galveston and then you know, one practice right before Phoenix, you know. So we were still growing as a team those first couple events. And we go into Phoenix, we have another um, great opportunity to perform as a young team in the pro division. Mm-hmm. And what do we do? You know, we made some mistakes. A couple guys thought it would be a good idea to go to the hockey game on Saturday night, you know. So I got four guys at the hockey game. We're playing Russian Legion first thing in the morning. You know, the, focus, the focus wasn't there. Yeah, but what you do know? you always preach? There's certain elements. I mean, winning is not a mystery. It's not like winning just all of a sudden magically appears from the sky and, you know, the clouds part and all of a sudden you win. You know, there's a very specific method. You know, Mike, and you've built winning programs. You would probably agree with this. You know, it, there's work there. There's effort there. There's, there's focus. Well, there's yeah. certain, there's I mean, certain with, things you have to bring to bear in order to bring that into winning program into the world. With Infamous, I mean, you go back to last year, which was more of an all-star team. None of us could, I mean, I remember you asked me in the webcast, why is this team not performing better? You know, you don't want to call your friends out, but there were some guys that were part of that team that are now not part of that team that just were not holding their own, weren't doing their job. In the offseason, obviously with Travis out in Detroit, I think, and Nikki in New York, it made sense with, you know, picking up Damien, Damien and I believe it was Brad for World Cup the year before. It made sense for them to rebuild this team out of the Midwest. Obviously, Bobby and Greg are from out here. The guy next to me is from out here. But when you picked up those little Midwest dirt balls, you know, like Damien and Brad. ZP. What's that? ZP. Zach. <laughs> Zach, you know what I mean? Be patient. Zach yeah. patient. Chris Sosin, Randall Sosin. Could not forget Randall. Uh, who else? Drew. I mean, every one of those guys can handle their own. And, like, those guys are, you know, like, if I'm going to walk in into a random bar, I want, besides Damien, probably all those dudes behind me because, like, those dudes are this grimy dudes. Like, they're, 
whether it's on the paintball field, whether it's off the paintball field, those dudes are like, they're men, like grown ass men that are willing to do their job. And Infamous all of a sudden in that move just had a lot more substance, a lot more grit. You know, they, I mean, those guys, the Midwest has always had such talent. And it's just always been so splintered, some on Vicious, some on this team, some on Shock. They, it's always been around, but now to take four or five of those dudes where they got their own line, they can practice together, you know, Travis can come over. I mean, they're a, that's a scary team. And like we practiced them in Galveston at the little practice field they had there. And some of the points we won, I came home saying to myself, like we won that because somebody didn't do their job or somebody looked the wrong way and we exploited that. But once that was fixed, which clearly by Chicago it was, MAO. That's one of those teams that, you know, like in other professional sports, the beginning of the year, they kind of start out a little shaky, but it's who can get hot at the end. And when we look at these, you know, finishes, whoever's first and second in the last two events, like those are the guys you got to watch out for. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Galveston doesn't mean anything. Phoenix doesn't. They learn from that. Yeah. They, were, they were men. They learned from their mistakes, clearly, first and second. And they're capable. They've got a good sponsor behind them, you know, key gives them whatever they need, mm -hmm. uh, they're capable. You but know they what have I mean? that, that's the mix, though. I mean, you have to, in order to succeed at the professional level, you need some money. You need some support. You need some capital. You need that ability to get your talent, which is the other big you know, quality that you need. You have to have good talent. And then you have to have leadership. If you don't have money, if you don't have talent, if you don't have leadership, you're never going to, there may be a fluke thing here or there, but there's never going to be anything of, of consistency, anything of substance to take to the future. Infamous has all those. You know, I think you've done a great job. There's obviously talent there. Uh, Travis also does an amazing job helping helm that team. And there's also veterans on that team, too. Nikki Cuba is a, is a guy that really evolved from being a wild card and a crazy kid when he was younger to being a guy that you can count on now and, you know, be that, that clutch guy on and off the field. You know, and you have to have those guys to succeed with regularity on, in the pro division. I mean, even all the way down to like Zach or something like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, Zach was getting dropped off when Todd and I were with the Aftershock program by his dad in the Escalade, I believe, was getting dropped off at the field. I mean, th that kid's been around forever. Like there's nobody green on that team, you know what I mean? Zach's been, you know, making his way through divisional. We played with R&T for a while maybe. Like Zach put his time in, you know what I mean? So mm -hmm. everybody on that team is, yeah. is good. I mean, Travis is, kept this thing going, you know what I yeah. mean? Well, like, it's also interesting, when you look at your top five players, you got Greg Sewers, you got Damian Ryan, you got Nikki Cuba, Travis Lemansky, and Bobby Avilas. Those are your top five guys, according to our statistics measures that we've been taking. Um, and I think it's awesome to see Travis up there, and I think that that's a measure, because he's, he's always alive, and he shoots a lot of guys off the break. Like, Travis is a machine shooting players off the break. Well, I mean, you talk about consistency, you know, and, and it applies to all aspects of the game. You know, talk about just Travis. Travis shoots a guy in the break 90% of the time. Amazing. I mean, literally 90% of the time. That Russian game that we lost in, um, uh, in Phoenix, mm -hmm. you know, on Sunday, uh, I went back and watched the film. Travis shot at least one guy, if not two guys, every game. I think one game... He shot a guy and bounced a guy. The only time a guy didn't walk off, he bounced a guy. You know, but I saw the guy go in there. I think it was Axel go in and get checked. I mean, if you have a guy that 100% of the time is going to shoot somebody on the break, you really can't ask for much more yeah. than that. You know? But, yeah. I mean, as far as the team goes, you talk about consistency. And, you know, like 
we didn't come with that consistent focus, you know, in the beginning of the year. Because Galveston and Phoenix, you know, were basically finished at the same, at the same events, you know, that's where we were still trying to figure out who we were, you know. And being consistent in, you know, the things that you do to prepare for the game, mm -hmm. you know, is huge. And, you know, we were still trying to figure out who exactly we were, who we wanted to be, mm -hmm. you know. And guys were still just, you know, kind of, you know, there was no, you know, like, this is what we're doing yet. Yeah. You know what I mean? It was, we got a bunch of great guys, we got a great vibe, you know, and we're going to work together, but it was still like, oh, okay, you know, I feel like I can go play this game, I can go watch this game on Saturday night and it'll be fine, you know? And because all those guys have Commitment. experience, like Mike said, Commitment. you know, like, you can be like, oh, that's okay, you know? And like, some teams can get away with that, do that, but... I think after that, we kind of realized that that's not exactly what we wanted to do, not mm -hmm. exactly what we should be doing. And I think from that point on, um, seeing that we did have a great opportunity in Phoenix to go on, you know, and maybe make a run at the finals, uh, and we really felt that way, um, you know, we didn't, we, we, we took Chicago, you know, with a lot different approach, you know, the, the things that we focused on, you know, the discipline, the focus, the effort, you know, the effort was the number one thing, you know, and effort is something that is between you and you, you know, mm -hmm. it's something that only you can judge, you know, and going back and look at it, it's like, you know, is, is not focusing 100% on winning the Russian Legion game the next day, you know, like, what are you going to do to prepare to beat the Russian Legion on Sunday if you have that opportunity? You know, should it be go out and go hang out? Me and Mike go out on Phoenix, you know, hit downtown. Go get wasted, you right? Know, just go, go get wasted downtown Phoenix. Have fun. That you know, in our case, that's going to P.F. Chang's and eating a lot of dumplings. Yeah, just, yeah, that's just <laughs> MSG. Me and Mike, <laughs> MSG. Me and Mike get dumpling wasted, <laughs> you know. But, like, no, it's sitting in your hotel room, watching some film if you got it, mm -hmm. you know, thinking about paintball, thinking about your moves, talking to your teammates, talking about the guy that you're going to play with the next day. You know, I think that's why, one of the reasons why me and Mike, you know, got along so well for so long because all we did was talk about paintball, play paintball, live, eat, breathe, sleep, drink paintball. You know, mm -hmm. that's all we did. You know, we were the guys, you know, no matter where we went, we were the ones that were willing to put in that extra effort. Mm -hmm. We played on those Wednesdays. We played on those Thursdays, you know, and we played both days every weekend, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, it's, it's a mentality, you know, it's, it's a matter of effort and focus. And I think after Chicago, you know, we really came with that. And, you know, we did the same thing for MAO and just came up a little bit short. Yeah. You know? Against the next team that we're about to talk about, Houston Heat. So I think Infamous, obviously, you guys have a very good chance of, uh, of definitely making Sunday and potentially winning World Cup. But let's talk about the most dominant team of 2012 thus far, Houston Heat. Houston Heat assembled in the offseason between 2011 and 2012 by owner Randy Smith who was involved in the distortion program before that. His son, Ryan Smith, also plays on the team. And they really they took some players from, uh, from Russia. We took uh, um, Mishka, one of the, honestly, the most legendary Russian players that ever played the game. Both Dave Baines and Davey Williamson, two world champions, I've talked to them uh, uh, you know, completely off the record. And it's been like, and on the record, they'll say this. But I'm like, who's the best player you ever played with? They say Mishka. And they also got Konstantin Fedorov, who is arguably, uh, arguably the most, the, well, let's put it this way. Konstantin Fedorov has played in the World Cup Finals every single year since 2006. So I don't know what that means as a statistic, but that's pretty crazy. You know, I mean, that's 
How impressive is that? Does it get uh, any more impressive than that? Yeah, I don't, that's pretty good. Yeah, it's a pretty good one. So, um, and then they also got Ser Sergey Slushnikov, and actually their number one ranked player on Houston Heat is Sergey. So, you know, we're talking about Mishka, we're talking about Konstantin Fedorov, but their number one ranked player is Sergey. And, you know, so those are the three Russian players. They also went and got some guys from Aftershock. We got Chad, Yaya Boucher, and they also got Nick Sloviak. Nick Sloviak had a great last event. Um, his first day statistics were off the charts. He didn't get shot. He was shooting almost two players per game. Uh, incredibly impressive. He won a one-on-one -on -one that made our, our top ten plays. Um, and Houston Heat has taken, they took uh, second in Galveston. They took first in Phoenix. Then they slipped a little bit, took fifth, but then came back at MAO and took first. So without question, heading into World Cup, Houston Heat definitely the favorites, and they're leading by 40 points on the board, and they are the number one ranked team right now. What do you guys yeah, think? Yeah, man. I mean, Heat's, you start at the top. You know, Randy Smith, their owner, is a professional. You can tell the man is a fierce competitor. You know what I mean? Like, it starts with him. And I, I believe the younger guys on the team listened to him. He was smart to pick up the three Russians that he did to help maybe mentor some of those younger guys along. Mm -hmm. Those three guys that he got are probably the definition of professional. I mean, they're over in Russia most of the time. They show up, they're ready to play, they handle business. I mean, can anybody, I don't, can't remember when one of those three guys have had a bad event, you know what I mean? They're on point. And the young guys have stepped up, you know what I mean? Trozen, Trojan man. Yeah, Trojan man. yeah great coach. A great coach. I mean, Amazing. he's a soft-spoken man, you know what I mean? But very intelligent. I've gone up against him for years now, whether it was with Philly, Impact, now them. And it's, you know, Randy does his job. Trojan does his job, and the players do their job. I mean, they're hungry. They're young guys, like Dynasty last year. They're hungry to get to the top, and clearly they're one Sunday away from being on the top. You know what I mean? And I, I would bet all I am that they make Sunday top six. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, they got to play X Factor, Dynasty, Impact, and CEP. You know? I, I mean, Impact's going to be the sleeper team in there, I think. You know what I mean? Like, nobody really knows what to take from Impact right now. But Heat's going to be ready. I mean, their guns shoot good. Their paints shot well all year. They shoot people on the break. The Russians hold it down. But, I mean, yeah, he has had a great year. You know, I've seen him have some good games. Name it. Wood, Willie. I mean, every guy, Nick. Well, I think that's the, the most one of the most interesting things about Houston Heat. I think one of the most important factors in their success this year is they've had multiple players step up in different situations. Yeah. So... You know, like when you go back to their win in Phoenix, you had Sam Monville, who's not one of their top five guys, at least on the statistical side of things, but statistics don't always tell the entire story. But they've just had really clutch performances by guys, um, you know, Woodley and, and Monville have both stepped up. Um, where, you know, Monville pulled up a snapshot on, on Britnikoff, who's one of the best players in the, you know, he's uh, the second ranked player in the world right now after Marcelo Margot, both those players from Moscow Red Legion. Um, but they just, they're getting production, man. They're really getting, I mean, from top down, they have a great coach, they have a great owner, they got talent, they got talent that's performing, they put the effort in, they go two weeks ahead of time in practice straight the entire time and put that grinding to get ready for the event. I mean, they're doing all of those things, effort, commitment, focus, they have all of that. They have the capital. I mean, they, they do have that. Uh, you know, they have those variables to make a winning paintball equation happen. And, and that's why I think why you're seeing them have such a good year that they're having, which is really scary because 
they just put this team together in 2012. And, I, and in the offseason, we were always talking, everyone was talking like, oh, well, it looks like a really good team, but now how long, how long is it going to last if they don't do well? That's actually a good question because they, they've done well the entire time, so they haven't faced struggle yet. They haven't really struggled. I mean, their worst performance is fifth. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I mean, well, I was going to say Dynasty's best performance is third. Um, you know, so it's and, and Heat's worst performance is fifth. You know, so it's it's just one of those things that I think that obviously Houston Heat, they're, they've got to be the favorite to win the event. Yeah, I mean, again, like if they were to struggle, well, yeah, they haven't struggled. But then again, Randy Smith realizes what it is to have a team. I don't believe he's the kind of man that would quit anything in my conversations with him, with the exception of maybe Nick. Their whole team's extremely humble. They don't really have much to say. I mean, like playing against, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the truth. I would not call, yeah, yeah, a dude who doesn't have much to say, though. <laughs> but I'm just saying they're humble. Like, as yeah, a he's coach, pretty humble. We go up to go play against them. And, you know, like some people, like, have, you know, like, uh, you know, like when I beat you guys, like, I'm not going to say that to Todd. Like, I plan to beat him. I plan to pound him into the ground as he does me. Mm-hmm. But out of respect for the man, I'm not going to say that. Their whole team, like, yeah, yeah, said to me, like, yeah, it's going to be a really tough game against you guys. And it's like, really? Because you guys have got a second, a first, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, on paper, you guys are the better team. But they've always been humble. The kids on the team, like Ronnie Dyson, I believe is mm-hmm. how to pronounce his last name. Every one of those guys are genuine dudes. Like, they shake your hand. Like, you just get a good feeling from those guys. They're not like punk kids where you're like, man, like, I hope I do catch these dudes at the bar. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're like, man, these are good dudes, you know? No, they yeah. definitely have a good mental attitude, uh, you know, a good uh, you know, prepared mental attitude going into every event and going into every game. And that starts with Randy Smith, you know, and that is produced through Jason Trojan. Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, their top five players are the, the three Russians are one and two and four, but their third guy is, is Ryan Smith. And he hasn't got a ton of playing time this year, but when he has, he's made a count. And then fifth is Chad George, our MVP from the Mid-Atlantic Open, which was the last event heading into World Cup. So, you know, again, I, again Houston Heats, they've, they've got to be the favorites heading into World Cup. Would you guys agree with me on that? Yeah. yeah except I mean, I know I got the coach yeah. of the Ironman and the coach of the Infamous here. Except for maybe Ironman Infamous, you know, they, they might be like third. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I can definitely say of these teams we've talked about, Heat, I would be very surprised to not see them on Sunday. Yeah. It's what they do at that point. Yeah. I mean, their one bad event, Chicago, the fifth place, they played right before Dynasty did. When we lost to the Ironmen and watching them lose, I mean, it's they could lose. Well, they're not. Oh, they're not. I mean, they're not getting these finals games and blowing teams out. You know, they're they're winning really close games, but they are winning these games. Yeah. But I think these guys, as the year continued to, like, you know, they started to get some cohesion, some unity. They've been to events. It's not their first rodeo. Like, okay, it's the fifth one of the year. Same thing, you know, and they're able to repeat their actions that produce wins and seconds, like, you know, which are, those are good results, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They've, they've built a system. To, I mean, they're the same team every time. There's never really any highs, never really any lows, yeah. ready to play some paintball. And like I said, good dudes. Well, let's talk about another team with some good dudes on it, uh, is the next and last team that we have to profile here today before we sign off for the uh, first World Cup pre-show. We will have a pre-show number two with... Uh, Brandon Short and also Marcella Margot as our, our guests here with me and Todd. And uh, so Edmonton Impact, what do you guys think about Edmonton Impact? They're coming in, this is gonna be the first event that they're gonna be playing here in the PSP, coming in for World Cup. They have been a PSP team in the past, but uh, you know the, our webcast fans don't really probably know what to think too much of Impact right now. What I do mean, you guys think? 
impacts my sleeper team. I mean, what are they ranked, 13th or 14th coming into this event? Mm -hmm. uh, 14th, or give or take. Anybody sleeps on this team, they're going to go home early. You know, they've got to play Heat, Ironman, 187, and Dynasty. I mean, man, if, you know, some of these teams aren't careful, well, they, Impact could go 4-0, 3-1 out of here. Well, that's a, that's a really tough bracket because, you know, like we talked about, Dynasty's going to be hungry because they've underperformed. 187 crew is probably the last of the bottom teams that you want, the bottom-ranked teams that you want in your bracket because they have taken the Russians to sudden death overtime twice this season. They've lost both times, and they've also beat the Ironmen. You know, and then, okay, so the Ironmen are now in there, and the Ironmen have been pretty consistent. The Ironmen have made Sunday every single event. You're going to be coaching the Ironmen. That's going to help you guys, you know, that's going to help the Ironmen. Um, and then Heat, that's, that's a tough bracket. They have, uh, they have a, a real tough bracket in front It's of a tough bracket, but Impacts last year in, in the PSP was two years ago. They were sponsored by Draxus at the time, old ownership of that company. Their paint was horrible. We played them twice, I believe, on Sunday. We were getting bounced off the goggles. Our guys were taking 45-yard line bunkers because as long as we had a hand up over our lenses, they couldn't shoot us out. Mm -hmm. I mean, you look at a team when you beat them sometimes, and sometimes well, you're like, man, I just pounded you guys. You know what I mean? There's nothing else to be said. But with impact, you could tell the, the look on Bart's I mean, Bart's over there running around trying to get paint from anybody else because, and a lot of the, you know, the paint companies won't sell him paint because they don't want their, their teams to lose because impact could do that. And, I mean, their roster, Justin Cornell, Josh Davey, Tim Montressor, Ryan Moorhead, Josh, go ahead and pronounce that one. Wimet. Uh, yeah. Wimet. Cole Scott, Zach and Zane. I mean, these guys, there's not one of those eight guys that are not legitimate pro players, top-level players in this league. And they'll probably pick one or two guys up. They have a second team, Impact Echo, that they could get some young players out of. Well, I think it's interesting, though, is that Chad George is an Impact guy. Then he plays with Heat in the PSP. And then... Um, you know, so they're not going to have Chad. Chad's going to be playing with Heat. And, I, you know, we talk about this game being a game of punches. you got a punch coming on the Dorito side, and you got a punch coming on the Snake side. And with no Chad George, you know, they're definitely going to have, well, I don't know. I mean, Impact does have, they got a lot of talent. Uh, Justin Cornell. I was going to say, I was going to say, if Justin Cornell can play the game that we've seen Justin Cornell play over the years, and, and they get production out of Ryan Moorhead on the Dorito side of the field, and, and everyone else does the role play that they need to do, and you get Tim stepping up and being that leader that Tim is, and, and the Yakmex play the solid ball they always can play, I, I really think that Impact could, you know, they could be one of those. That I wouldn't be, be surprised team. to see them pick up a young guy or two to fill out the 10-man roster, give them an extra guy on the snake or the Dorito side. But, I mean, this Justin Cornell, I, any team I coach, I would take the guy. I mean, if he wasn't you know, part of that impact family. I don't think he'll ever leave from there. Let's not kid ourselves, man. Like, every one of these dudes could do work, you know what I mean? For and sure. Like, I, they didn't do so well there last year, but they're a team that's capable. Like, all four of these teams, I look at them, I mean, they're capable of doing as much as X Factor. Well, any, any like one that. of the teams that we just talked about could, could win the event. Yeah. Honestly. And I think they're ranked so low that, you know, some teams are going to catch them like they're a cross-eyed or shock, and that's no shot at those two guys that they're a lower-ranked team. Impact is only a lower-ranked team because it's their first event of the year. If it wasn't, we'd be talking about them up in the middle of the pack, top end of the pack, and they're capable. You know yeah, I mean? that's why I, I wish they had played so I'd have a little bit, I'd know who their top five guys are. I know, you know, I, I just, I, I, I'm looking forward to looking at or yeah. watching Impact play. I know the guys on that team. I know they're amazing paintball players. They've, a lot of the guys have like, you know, that came from the Philly Americans and the now defunct Philly Americans, but those are world champions we're talking about. And, you know, Bart, the owner of the team, is going to put a good team on the field. He's, I know they're coming down here. They were down here last weekend practicing. 
I believe they're going to be down here the weekend before with Excessive and Dynasty at a Camp Pendleton practice. I mean, these guys are going to be ready. Let's not bar, oh, yeah. bar don't play around. Like, well, It's just another reason to watch the show, man. Yeah. It's another reason to get excited about and, World Cup. And for their fans, you know what I mean? Like, they're going to get to debut on this stage over here, what they have. And don't think Impact's going to come out of this 0-4. There's, there's no way, dude. I will be amazed if they go 0-4 out of this. Like, they're not something that's just going to get ran over and speed bumped. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no, I totally agree. They could send one of these really good teams packing early on Saturday home to watch a little football on Sunday. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, like, it is absolutely possible. So, I, yeah, looking forward to seeing Impact play. Yeah. Uh, well, final, final thoughts for the show? Uh, World Cup, man. It, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's like coming, we, man. It's coming, man. It's coming at you uh, October 25th through the 28th. PaintballAccess.com. It's going to be live and free. Make sure you mark your calendars for it. And uh, you know, I know you hear us talk a lot about how, oh, it's amazing, it's World Cup, because it is, man. It's going to be over 300 I mean, teams there from all, every corner of the globe. It's the main event in the entire paintball world for the entire season. And, I mean, that's undisputable, you know. So. If you play, if you were in football, you'd want, someday, if you're a football fan, you want to go to, you know, a Super Bowl. If you're a baseball fan, you want to go to the World Series. If you're a paintball fan or player, this is World Cup. That's it. It's this is what you want to go to at least once in your life. I couldn't, like I said before, I couldn't imagine not being here yeah. and not seeing my friends and like, yeah. I mean, it's good paintball, you know. Like for us that have been doing this as long as we have, paintball's paintball, you know what I mean. But sometimes when you really step back and look at it, like there's nothing bigger than World Cup for us, you know what yeah. I mean. Like whether we're playing each other and you know for us, like I believe next year Todd and I will be there, and the year after that, and who knows, maybe next year we're on the same side of the fence or playing each other. But like all these friends, it, yeah. It's I just, mean, look at how things have happened. You never, you never know, and that's that's the exciting thing about the just innate nature of of the PSP, of the World Cup, and of competitive paintball. So, yeah, man. I mean, is it going to be infamous this year? Is Houston Heat going to continue to dominate? Are we going to see one of the sleepers? Uh, I, I don't know. We're, we're going to find out though in just about four short weeks. Uh, also, tune in. We have another pre-show coming at you with uh, Brandon Short and also Marcella Margot along with me and Todd. We'd like to thank Ryan Greenspan and Mike Hinman for stepping in here and giving us their expert commentary. Make sure to like Paintball Access on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And, uh, yeah, man, it's going to be a crazy event. So we'll see you guys next time. The Ultimate Paintball Competition and Trade Show is almost upon us. So get ready for the biggest, best, and most exciting tournament of the paintball season. 2012 PSP World Cup at the Fantasy of Flight outside Orlando, Florida, October 24th through the 28th. Over 300 teams from the far reaches of the globe will be competing in 12 different levels of competition from Pro to Division 5, all fighting for the coveted World Cup title. Teams have had all year long get ready for the pinnacle of paintball and the action will be fast and fierce. The industry's best and the brightest companies will also be there displaying all the fresh 2013 gear and products at the one and only World Cup trade show. Interactive booths, pro signings and new products will be everywhere. With the new PSP Affiliates Initiative, all the teams who have grinded their way up the world rankings will be able to face each other in the flesh to decide who will reign at the top for 2012. After an eight-year hiatus, the PSP is bringing back the legendary 10-man division. The best pump players will also be able to display their skills in the highly competitive pump division. And Woods Ball makes its comeback as well, as the Ultimate Woods Ball League will be bringing its unique format to the World Cup for the first time. All the World Cup action will be broadcast live and free on paintballaccess.com. Paintball player's life is not complete without a trip to the World Cup, as it has literally everything that you could hope for at a paintball tournament. So sign your team up now and get into the fight. It's an unforgettable experience you do not want to miss. Make sure to mark your calendars for October 25th through the 28th 
when the best teams on earth battle it out the biggest event of the year, the 2012 PSP World Cup, brought to you live and free by PampelAccess.com. Don't miss it.